I'm Allegra Levy, and you're listening to the Scout Archives, the place where I have the privilege of introducing you to groundbreaking artists who also happen to be wonderful people. For more information on the guests or to nominate someone, head to our website, www.thescoutarchives.com. You can also follow us on social media at the handle The Scout Archives. And you can reach out to me on Instagram at Levy Allegra. Now let's introduce this month's guest. Maddie Monjo and I began a relationship as distant family friends. Maddie grew up in Sydney, Australia, and I was in New York City. While we were both aware of the other's love of art and music, we never discussed it in detail and saw each other only rarely. As we got older, Maddie and I began a friendship that was separate from our familial connection. Most recently, it has been the mutual support between Maddie and her girlfriend Rose and me that has kept us connected, especially when it comes to our artistic endeavors. Recently, I went to Los Angeles to meet up with Maddie and Rose and discuss the music they make as duo January Grit. I was inspired by how visionary Rose and Maddie are when it comes to what their music is about and who it is for. It is clear that the art and romance go hand in hand to make January Grit a successful band with purpose and direction. After a formative year of struggle in which they dropped out of college together, sustained serious injuries, and moved across the country, they have proven that their art only gets stronger as they overcome obstacles and communicate through music and poetry. They have created a standout debut album here in Fahrenheit. The title, a clever nod to their coming together in the United States despite both being raised in locations where Celsius is used to mark the weather, which sets cutting spoken word poetry to aerodynamic harmonies and whimsical melodies, similar in style to Brandy Carlisle, early Claire Bowditch and the Feeding Set, and Weezer. January Grit have defined what it is like to be in a romantic and artistic partnership in 2019. One foot may be in the business of art, and the other in the creation of it, but their hearts are linked in love and friendship, making their work authentic and honest, and leaving their audiences with the idea that art should always survive, no matter what happens in a relationship. Hi. <laughs> um, do you want to say what your names are and where we are? Uh, um, well, I'm Mary and we're currently in a Starbucks in Northbridge, yeah. in LA. Yeah. Yes. Um, and your band name is January Grit. Um, I'm very excited to see you both. Um, just for context, Maddie and I are family friends. When did we first meet? I mean, I think when I was like a... Taught. Little baby, yeah. Because our dads were friends. Yes. Your dad grew up in New York, though, right? Yeah, yeah born and raised. I think, yeah, him and um, your dad have been friends since they were, like, in high school or something. Right. And when did he move to Australia? I think in, like, the early 80s. Wow. In the early 80s for acting school, and then mom and dad, and then dad met mom in Sydney. And then they moved back to, they actually moved to LA for, like, a year or six months or something. And then went back to Sydney and they've been there ever since. Got it. Got it. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys like what your overall background is, what your relationship to music is, like when you found music or if you knew that that's what you wanted to do. Um, Rose, I'll start with you because I don't really know you very well. Um, so I was born in Toronto in Canada and um, moved to Ottawa when I was like nine months or something um, and grew up in Ottawa 
pretty much my whole life and then moved to California um, I think in 2010 or something um, end of middle school um, and have lived here since until uh, August oh thank you um, until August 2017 um, and then I moved to New York uh, which is where I met Maddie and then Toronto and then back here um, but for me music um, I started a little bit around 13 um, I mean I've been doing music my whole life classical music so I played the, the violin and I played the flute um, for like eight nine years when I was younger um, and my family is very inclined in, in that direction so there was a lot of background with that kind of music and then around 13 I think I started doing just a little bit of songwriting it started with a, a project in school just a songwriting project um, and I took voice lessons for a little bit and hated them um, and then I right after that project was done I dropped that completely um, and then in 12th grade so only like two years ago three years ago or so um, I like found my mom's classical guitar and started teaching myself guitar and then kind of just writing songs um, in my bedroom which came from um, kind of related to music kind of not but I started doing spoken word poetry in 10th grade um, and just fell in love with it it was just my favorite thing and I was um, um, like did some competitions and um, joined a, a poetry team um, and like won a, a book publishing deal and did some touring in this area um, and just loved loved doing it and we did some competitions as a as a team and, and at different venues and stuff and that the writing of that and then picking up the guitar just made me realize I want to combine the like the lyricism of you know songwriting um, and poetry and music all together which is where kind of songwriting really picked up for me and then in the time between you know 12th grade and Sarah Lawrence was when I really started doing it a lot more and then when I met Maddie um, was the first time I kind of was like okay I'll show someone like I'll work with someone and then since then I've just been really in teaching myself guitar a lot more and, and writing a lot um, a lot of songs and such yeah did you always um know that you would probably end up pursuing music in some way? Not really. Um, I definitely knew I'd pursue writing kind of always. Um, and I still love writing in kind of all the forms it comes in. But um, I didn't really know I'd pursue it until more recently, maybe in the last also three years, when I realized how I can combine you know, creative writing and music, which I both loved, but separately for a long time. So that kind of led me to that. Yeah. Maddie? <laughs> well, um, see, I was born in Sydney, as you know, um, and then grew up there and lived there until I was um, 18. And then I moved to um, New York for <laughs> school. Um, and just basically music was always something that was around and always something I knew that I wanted to do um, you know because my mom my mum's um, a great singer and, and guitarist and, um, and and your brother is too yeah yeah and, and, and so and my brother um, sings and plays guitar as well um, 
and so that was just kind of always around and, and, and something that I always knew that I loved and knew that I wanted to do. Um, and I, yeah, and so I, Rose has it so nicely laid out and I'm just kind of all over the shop. But, um, and, and then my, my dad, I mean, he, he loves music, loves like Bruce Springsteen and all of those kind of, in that vein of things. Um, can't, no musical talent at all, um, really, really poor, um, but loves it. So, so it was always something that, that um, I, I just grew up around basically. Um, and then, and then I changed schools in year ten from a an all girls Catholic school to a performing arts school, which was like polar opposites. Um, and basically, it just kind of was writing and, and performing around Sydney all, all through that time. Um, and then, when I was eighteen, um, I was chosen to perform an original song at the Opera House. And so I got to sing at the Opera House when I was 18, and that was that was great. That was really cool. Um, and I performed on like a ukulele, which is weird because I piano is what I mainly play. Um, but that was that was a very cool thing. And then studied jazz for like six months um, at a at the conservatorium in Sydney, um, and then moved to New York to go to Sarah Lawrence, and I did writing there. Um, and writing too, like, you know, it's, it's something that I've always been, like, his dad's a writer, and so it's always something that I've been interested in, um, but I think music first and foremost. Um, I mean, I actually, I, thinking about it, I actually like writing probably just as much, but I'm not, I'm not, like, great at it, like, you know what I mean, so... Like I, I, and, and also it, that kind of came later. Whereas music was always like this kind of constant thing that I um, knew that I really liked and knew that I wanted, like that it was something that I wanted to do. Um, that's basically it, really. And so since like it seems like both of your families are pretty artistic. Yeah. Um. So there was there always. Uh, was there any sort of pressure to pursue the arts, or was it only just kind of you fell into it and they were completely supportive of it? Did they ever want you to pursue anything else? For me, no. For me, there was um, no for everything. Like there was no like um, pressure to like, oh, you have to be a writer of anything. Dad is more like like pursue it with everything you've got. But then make sure that you like get a degree and then have some, you know what I mean. But then he, he, he's totally supportive. Um, so yeah, there was no kind of pressure or or fear that I wouldn't be in the arts, you know. And because also, you know, mum, mum is this uh, fantastic musician and and she's a ukulele teacher now and she loves it and she's very 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 happy, you know. And then so I kind of also have this thing where like even if the thing that you really want like really really want doesn't turn out like making money off like performing music or recording music or making music you still there's so so many paths you can take still with the arts that um is just as good and you'll be just as happy you know what i mean so yeah like euros um similar uh so my my older brother's a classical musician he's doing his master's in conducting and violin he's been playing since he was like four um, and then my little brother's a dancer um, pursuing ballet 
Um, and so all of the kids, all three of us are fully pursuing the arts. Um, and my mom's also very artistic. My dad is an engineer, so he, he's not in the arts in the slightest. Um, and my whole family's really, really supportive, kind of similar. My dad is definitely more wary of the arts. Like, he supports it, but he's, you know, just, just warns about it a little bit. Um, and I mean, both my parents encourage me to leave my options open, but um, definitely very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you both meet? Mm. And like, how did you guys get here? Basically, like, when did you decide to? Because you, you guys don't go to Sarah Lawrence anymore, do no. you? No, we both don't. No. We so, hated it. Oh gosh, okay. <laughs> Keep that in. <laughs> um, how did you get here? <laughs> Give me the full rundown. Okay. Okay, so we met. I think within the first week of school at Sarah Lawrence. I think literally, I think we, we got to Sarah Lawrence on the 26th of September and we met on like the... 20, no, wait, no. We got on the, there on the 27th and we met on like August. the 29th of August. So it was right into school. Um, and yeah, we didn't have any classes together. We didn't meet at orientation. I was just smoking a cigarette on a curb and she came up and asked me for a lighter. Um, yeah. Which is how we met and just started struck up a conversation um i was wearing a calvin and hodes t-shirt she thought i was straight i did um. think she was straight <laughs> and um and part of the thing with sarah lawrence because right at the beginning i was working um, on writing my my book and i was really trying to find artists to collaborate with poetry so musicians and illustrators artists and i found like absolutely no one that was passionate about art, which is crazy for an art school, but I didn't yeah. meet anyone that was like really driven to do something um, at all. And so when I met Maddie, we got to talking, and just right away, she was like, I do music, I'm so passionate about it. And kind of at the start, we, um, like our, the first time we went out, like on a date, we like spent like five hours in the music room just showing each other our work, and like I sang for her, which I hadn't really done, and she sang, I did poetry, and we just right away were like, cool, we've got something that we want to work with. Um, and originally we were going to do poetry and music, um, yeah. and then we decided, no, because I, I sang for her, and then she... I was like, we should sing together, yeah. and then and I think the first song we sang together was like Falling Slowly yeah. or something from uh -huh. once. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, we both just hated it at Sarah Lawrence, and it was just not possible financially as well. So after one semester, we jointly dropped out. Um, I moved in with my grandfather in Toronto. We took a train there. Um, it was a one-bedroom. We slept on a mattress in the living room for six months. And actually, Bartley, right? Bartley yeah. Britt. Oh, um, my God. Because we stayed, we stayed at... Bartley and Maud the night before the train and um, we were supposed to wake up at like 6 o'clock and leave at 6.30 to get to Penn Station and we woke up at 6.20 had to get ready, pack up the Uber and everything in like 10 minutes and Bartley like knocked on the door and was like do you realise what time it is? He called the Uber, came with us it was, He Uber. saved us He's, getting to Canada because we wouldn't, we wouldn't have oh made it God. there if it wasn't for and Bartley And we had everything we owned Oh my gosh, so we wow, like shout out to Bartley Britt <laughs> <laughs> good guy what a guy <laughs> oh my god that's so yeah. crazy yeah. 
Wow. Okay, so then you were in Canada. We were in Canada. We were, yeah, we were in Canada. Um, and it was... I was working. She yeah. had to I had, visa. To, I had to get my work visa. And it actually was a, a quite a easy process after I kind of got the, like the ball rolling. But then you have to get the visa upon entering the country. Mm. And so when, when it was all approved, it actually didn't take very long. I was actually quite surprised. Um, but you had to be re-enter the country. Re-enter the country, so I didn't know how to... I, we were thinking, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll just go down to New York and then come back into Toronto. But then tragedy struck to be dramatic. And in May of last year, Rose um, hit her head. And, um, at, my, at my job, um, just, like, walked into a metal beam um, mm-hmm. and gave myself a... A very bad concussion and so then I was just like fully bedridden for like three months yeah, um, in Toronto and then now it's been like 10 months and I'm like just at a point where like I still get like daily headaches migraines as a result which went on for just like months and months and months which really put a damper on music <laughs> and on everything which is also why we moved back to California for me to be with family because it was just a and, and for like um uh, like, not healthcare, because healthcare over there is so much better, but in terms of actual doctors and finding specialists, specialists and finding stuff, mm-hmm. because we really had no idea what was going on. Like, right at the beginning, when yeah. Rose hit her head, we were in the hospital, like in the emergency room, I think, like four times in a week, yeah. because the pain got too much. And the only thing that would take it down was like an IV, just filled with painkillers. Yeah. And it was just. So we were there, like, we were. We got there in January, and then it snowed all until April, so we couldn't go out, and it was dark and snowy and scary and <laughs> cold. And then in May, at like right at the beginning of May, Rose hit her head. Actually, on my dad's birthday, Rose hit her head on May 12th. And so we had about two weeks where it wasn't snowing, and then that was like, oh, okay, we, maybe we can actually do things now. And then Rose hit her head, and we couldn't really do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So then you ended up here. Yeah. And you've been here since. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. But that's why. Um, so does the fact that you were in, is the fact that you were in um, Canada in January have anything to do with the name of your band? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's oh. Funnily enough. I didn't think <laughs> yeah. of that, but it does How did you form the name? Well, we're, we're both born in January, mm-hmm. and um, grit is Rose's favorite word. Oh, she has a tattoo. Yeah, She's showing you her tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's basically where it came from. Really? Yeah. We sat down, wrote a list of we wrote things, things what we that could related to us. In the music room in Sarah Lawrence at, at the college, we just, we, yeah, we're trying to think of something. And, Good. So you decided the name at Sarah Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So you knew that you wanted to form a band. Yeah, we or yeah. some kind of partnership at Sarah, yeah. Sarah Lawrence. It was in November. It we was... formed the name in November when we released our first cover just on, on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Um, yeah. So that was just maybe, you know, two, three months of after we've been met, um, we decided to we decided give to it a name. And give it a name and actually start something and then yeah. start writing songs and, and, and yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we did like a, a a self-shot photo shoot in like the little man-made forest of Sarah Lawrence. Is that's not the um, 
album. No. No. Oh, God. Oh, God. No. Because no. no. I was going to say, that one, it looks so good. No, yeah, we took them here with a, a photographer yeah. friend of um, Rose's. So funny. Um, what's, like, the vision for your music? Like, what do you think your sound is? What do you want people to feel when you listen to your music? <laughs> Who's it for? Do you want me to answer first? Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, since the songwriting and the lyrics are kind of my, what I'm most drawn to about music, I love the, the writing of it. Um, and I would definitely say that with this album, it's very lyric heavy. Um, and, and, I, and the majority, I mean, actually, the vast majority of this album was written by Rose. Yeah, um, I see. The songs. I think there were three songs three that we wrote we did together. together. Yeah. Um, so for me, definitely, and this is true for poetry too. I love the lyric aspect, and I love that reaching people and hearing people. You know, because there's, in my opinion, a lot of music out where the, especially lyrically, it's so generic and so repetitive, um, and so what I'd like to bring to it is just a really honest, like, authentic, lyrically something that can hopefully speak to people um, mm -hmm. as much as it can, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd, I mean, I'd say the same thing. Just something that's kind of true, like, and honest to us and to, I think, also to the particular time mm -hmm. of when we're writing it. Um, I, I think, I, I think, that's what I say, yeah. yeah. Was most of the album, when was most of the album written? It was all written from November 2017 to basically November 2018. Like, right, um, like, the, one of the songs in the album we wrote like three weeks before we were recording so yeah. it literally was the whole span of that of that time yeah. um, and then like the last song on the album it was the first song we ever wrote together which was in, in Sarah November. Lawrence yeah. yeah oh my gosh yeah so it really like the whole album basically spans through your whole relationship yeah, yeah. pretty so, much yeah. basically a year yeah of, um, actually wow oh, got it and so do you um you wrote, you wrote most of the songs, but if you guys do write together, do you divvy up what, like, do you usually do lyrics and Maddie usually do uh, the music, or how does that work? No, I think it, it um, because Rose, Rose also writes the, the, the music for, for the songs that she writes as well. Um, and then basically it's just if we, if we individually write a song, then we just kind of show it to the other person and then come up with harmonies together and then what, what I can do with the piano and then we, we work that out together and stuff. And then um, vice versa if, if I write a song. Um, and then when we write together, we, I think we just, we just, we do it at the same time, I think. I think yeah. we do music and lyrics at the same time. Sometimes Rose has a, or I have a progression, um, and like a chord progression, and then, and then we come up with lyrics around that. But a lot of the time, it's actually quite together. Like we it's think, quite together, yeah. yeah. I think we've, at least with the three that are on the album, it was like we sat down together and just messed around with chords and then got a progression that we liked. And then sometimes we'd divide up like, okay, I'll take the first verse, you do the second, we'll do the chorus together or the bridge together. Mm -hmm. And then um, so we'll kind of like go apart in like yeah. different parts of the couch and then like write whatever yeah. we want to write. 
then, then show And it. then like edit each other's and mash it together. But it's definitely quite, when we write together, we do write together. Yeah, yeah, it actually works very well. Yeah. And so the album um, title, mm. what did that mean to you? How'd you come up with it? Like, what is um, what does here and Fahrenheit mean? Well, well, you can give the, the funnier part of it. Oh, okay. Well, one, I was, I was, what I was gonna say is that throughout the al- album, in like probably like almost every single song, there's some reference to like fire or arson or arson or. Pl- not kind of totally we didn't just not consciously not consciously just very there's just kind of some reference to it so we were thinking that we wanted to do the title somehow related to that as well and Fahrenheit just a cool word and then also what uh what we like to think and then Rose can give the more intellectual deep answer but we're both from Rose is from Canada I'm from Australia and they use Celsius, mm-hmm. and now we're here in Fahrenheit. Oh, I love that. But now Rose is gonna give the intellectual. <laughs> oh, that's so. I love that so much. <laughs> I mean, there's not much more to it than you said. Definitely the the fire references were a big thing that we noticed. I mean, I, I just I love fire. I love words related to fire. There's lots of cool words related to fire, and that just kind of appeared throughout. And when we were looking at the songs, the theme definitely just came out something related to heat or fire or something in that vein. And then I also think it's interesting actually thinking about it because the whole album is actually because we did write a lot of it in Toronto yeah. kind of thing, and Toronto was so icy yeah. and so cold and so kind of dark. So. Um, and so kind of dark that like um, I think it's cool to have that kind of yeah like opposite opposite juxtaposition kind of thing. Um, yeah, and then also in part it related to two of the songs in in Listen, Let Me Tell You. There's a line with Fahrenheit in it, which was the first song we wrote, and then in the song All Right, one of the lyrics is here in the dark. Um, and the here oh, in, yeah, in Fahrenheit, yeah. so we kind of pulled it, but we didn't want to take it specifically from one song because we didn't want one song to, to be, be like a title album, track. A title track. Yeah. Um, so we kind of pulled, and then as well, just kind of the the year itself was definitely a hard year. It was just a very up and down, kind of moving a lot. Um, and then the, the health stuff, it was just a hard year. So they're like here in the heat of it, you know, we were creating in the heat of it, and that was the kind of the here part of it, the just the now and the, yeah, yeah, there's just the heat of the moment um, mm-hmm. in a good and bad way. Yeah. Yeah. So since your year was so kind of crazy, it sounds, um, were there songs that you wrote at the beginning of your relationship that now you look back on and you're like, oh my gosh, so much has happened. I don't think that we're the same people as we were when we wrote those songs before? I don't think so, actually. I wouldn't say so. I think they're pretty... For example, that Listen, Let Me Tell You was the first song that we wrote together. And I think that we could have written that song now. Uh, or like Hello Hallelujah um, is one that Rose wrote um, in November. It was like the first one that Rose wrote. Um, and that's on the album. And I can see Rose writing that now. Um, so no, I, I wouldn't. Me anyway, personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that we've 
changed in terms of like musicality or the things we would write about? Yeah, lyrically I wouldn't say so. We sometimes do go back and edit. Like, listen, let me tell you, we did later on edit a few lines where we just weren't happy with the whatever, I forget what it was, something lyrically, the, yeah, the bridge the or bridge. something. Um, Content-wise, I think it all makes sense the way it was because it was an important whatever it was at that time, so it's still important in its way to us now, so it could have been written at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've definitely developed since that time a lot, both lyrically and then especially musically. I think we've, yeah, you know, we've pushed it to branch more into jazz, to branch into indie, you know, folk, like definitely kind of drawn from yeah. more as we go. And I'd also say lyrically we've settled into our style a little yeah, more definitely. than we were at the beginning. Some yeah. of the lyrics at the beginning were definitely not our strongest um none that were included like we usually then right away we're like okay this is poor we're (laughs) gonna leave this behind but um but i wouldn't say anything's massively changed that any of the songs don't feel true or relevant anymore i think i think so i think definitely what you said we definitely branched out more musically um in terms of being more like uh just trying to be different and unique and kind of more experimental with you know, chords we use, or, um, you know, yeah, yeah, got it, um, what, this may be kind of a tricky question, but what part of your relationship is independent from the work that you do, and vice versa, what part of, like, the art that you make is, stands on its own away from the relationship that you two have? I would say that can actually be one of the problems we have is that the two are so closely connected, the music and the relationship, but something we've always kind of agreed on since the very beginning is that the music comes first, and so, because that is what we came together to do, so we've kind of always agreed that um, kind of no matter where we're at, we keep music separate, you know, maybe not in the writing or whatever, but that there's kind of a space for music that will and that, exist, and that we see each you know, other is just two artists collaborating yeah. rather than like two people in a relationship making music. Yeah, I see. And I think I think that's like right at the beginning. We I think we made a pact. I think I have it somewhere. <laughs> we made a pact like we were in a diner at like two in the morning or something, still in Sarah Lawrence. And I was like, I, I think I wrote like like no matter what happens, like January grit will keep going or something, yeah. and then we like, signed our names. Yeah. Like so, we just if we if we would break up or if we moved on or if something changed, shifted, that music still exists for us because that is what we want to do. And sometimes that's still hard, you know. Sometimes yeah. there's a a way to. But I think we definitely one of our strengths is just communicating mm-hmm. through that and how we want to keep that space going yeah. no matter what and give each other the freedom to write about whatever we want to write about or to bring it together, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. But then I would definitely say music will and does exist without the relationship. And then the relationship also exists on its own, but it's definitely very related with music. And I think and I think actually our relationship is stronger when we're really in tune musically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think musically we can be separate from the relationship, but the relationship has to be kind of really grounded in art of any kind and like really passionately yeah. going like forward with art 
to be strong. I think sometimes when 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 either of us aren't writing or we're not making music or we're not singing or just kind of we're like just kind of being apathetic or something, I think then we can struggle. Yeah. And so I think art is a very key factor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also I also think it'd be kind of dumb to throw away something really good musically, like creatively, for the sake of a relationship not working. Because I, I think it's so much more important for someone to still be in someone's life in whatever in whatever form. You know, I, to, you know, I, I yeah. yeah. Um, so, Maddie, I maybe completely, I just remember that when you were younger, there was some song that you wrote that became really popular. I could be so wrong about this. I remember my parents being like, oh my gosh, like Maddie's song is on the radio. <laughs> That's correct. Really? Yeah, I mean, did I you did write it. a song that was like that got like a lot of popularity in Australia? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna text my dad and I'm gonna ask him this because I, mean, I, I feel when, like this is right. When I was 15, I did a competition called um, Triple J on Earth at Triple J is the radio station, and this competition and it got into like the top 10 of that competition, but it was never. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. It was made a very big deal in my family. <laughs> I'll probably never forget it. But it was when I was younger, right? Yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about this. I'd love to know. I, I mean, do I? Are you a rock star? That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, no, my parents like made a huge deal about this. So we talked about it for a long time. That's wild. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell them that they were wrong. <laughs> um, oh. All right, well, I'll just go on to the next question. Um, um, so you both come from, like, basically opposite sides of the world. Yeah. Like, really, like... Do you think that it was fate that you met, or do you think that it was coincidence? Like, do you believe in fate? Or what would, and also, as a second question, what would you be doing, do you think, if you had not met? Well, to answer that, I think I'd, I'd, I'd still be at Sarah Lawrence. I think I would. I definitely wouldn't have dropped out. Um, I'd still be at school because I just think I would be. I think I would still be there. Probably very unhappy because even now looking at Sarah Lawrence and like because I still I'm friends with a couple of people and stuff and it's just like that isn't my people and the whole and so I think I'd still be there um but I actually don't know what or, or maybe actually maybe I I probably would have transferred to the new school I think that's what I would have done because I got into the new school and that was and I think I got accepted I got the email to both Sarah Lawrence and the new school the exact same night right after Opera House performance I got these two emails and I was like, holy fuck, like, what do I, like, what do I choose? And then I chose Sarah Lawrence, I think, um, I think I literally chose it because they sent a, a, a in the mail, they sent an acceptance package, mm-hmm. and, like, and the dean of admissions sent, was, wrote, like, a handwritten note in, like, green ink, and I remember thinking, oh, that's really cool, and I literally think just because of, like, the green ink, I was like, 
let's go. So I don't know. But, and then also because the new school, though, was like my first pick. I really wanted to go. It was right in the city. I really wanted to be in New York City. I really want to do that. And then for some reason, um, whether I believe in fate or not, or if it was just coincidence, I, 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 um, I don't know. What do you think, Rose? Um, or where would you be, do you think? I think I would have still dropped out of Sarah Lawrence or, or transferred because for me one of the big reasons was just financially not being able to do really more than a semester. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I would have come back to California or um, where I would have transferred or what I exactly would be doing. I think I would still, you know, definitely be doing music, but probably not putting it out anywhere. Um, and I'd probably be pursuing poetry um, more. Um, maybe I'm not exactly sure. It's hard to hard to know. But in terms of fate, I mean, fate is like a it's a heavy word. It's a big word. But I would say that I do think things happen with some kind of intention or purpose, or that you like meet people to learn something specific, or you meet them at a time for a reason and not another time for a reason, whatever it is. So I would say, you know, the way we met and the way things flowed, even negatively, had an intention and still has an intention, even if some of it, I don't know, you know, things like, like the, you know, the, the big injury, I don't know what the reason for that was, but I do think everything has some kind of bigger, higher, something is resonating for some reason, so... You know, I don't think it was an accident, but I don't exactly think someone up in the sky was like, on this date, this happens and this is fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, in terms of sexuality, um, how does that play into music? How does it play into, I don't know, living in these different places? I know that Australia, especially Catholic all-girls school, that's like hardcore. I mean, I wasn't that. Was, I wasn't. Um, I still was kind of really uncomfortable with that. I kind of had like inklings, sure, but I was like, no, like. But then when I moved to the um, performing arts school, everyone and their dog was gay, so I was like, okay, it's fine. But then even even though. Even like for the first like six months there, I was still really uncomfortable with it myself. Even though I like I really knew that I was what I was, but I was still really uncomfortable internally, which makes no sense because my mum and dad are like the most accepting people in the entire world. They just didn't care at all. Um, and so I, I really don't know actually why I felt so uncomfortable because I was in, a, in a, an environment that was I I, I really I don't know. But um, that quickly was kind of went away and then I just kind of became fully okay with it but in terms of sexuality playing into music um, I wouldn't say I think I think we definitely have a, a really good crowd <laughs> to reach like I think we have a really good opportunity to to have this be a really really good thing because it's two young queer women and I think that's like, there's a cool space for that that's not really taken up by anything I think that could be cool um, but in terms of playing into the music, like it being, I don't think so. Like whenever, whenever I, like if I write a love song to Rose, and like, oh, this is a queer love song. I'm not sure. thinking that. Yeah, it's just of course. Like, you know what I mean. And so I don't. I, <laughs> I, um, 
and we wanted to we wanted to write some kind of song. Like we wanted to write a song once about um, Pulse in Orlando, um, or something just about I don't know queerness. But we, we still haven't figured out a way to make it not sound preachy or like a kind of anthem. Sure. It's hard to make it like really kind of real. And I think we still have to. But I think it could be cool. We have to figure that out. Yeah, I think in relation to that, and in relation, you know, sometimes like you know, a tribute to Orlando or just a tribute to queerness or young, you know, queer people, I think is a very, very powerful thing. But then I would like to think that just the songs we write, whatever they're about, already are that just because of who we are and what we're writing about. And yeah, and they, they just yeah. exist as that and don't need to be, you know, labeled as such or explicitly speak to that. Um, you know, and, and for example, like the first track of our album is called For Her, and it's a song I wrote for Maddie while she was in Australia visiting her family for a bit. And like when writing it, there's never really a thought of like, well, this is a this is a gay song, and, and then, like, yeah. you know, like and she was gonna saying, be, this is going to be received as, as such. It's just a yeah, a love song with any. And I mean, for me, um, I definitely think, kind of like she was saying, it's a powerful we have a powerful kind of platform um when it comes to this to reach an audience um you know like i was saying like a young queer audience that gets to kind of see that mirrored um in artists is powerful because it you know doesn't exist that massively in the world especially in a lot of places yeah um and for me just sexuality wise i mean I don't know exactly where I'm at. I think it's all a very fluid thing, and I've always kind of believed that. And I, I mean, I didn't come out until quite a bit later than she did. I was always kind of in a. Um, my my dad's side of the family is very very Catholic and not very um, accepting of that side of things. My dad's okay now, but um, but so there was it was just was and always will be a thing that is being figured out um, but I do think the way it plays into our music is just identity not sexuality and that identity like sexuality is part of identity but identity to me is a, a whole lot larger than sexuality if that yeah. makes sense <laughs> great um, oh what was the process of recording your album what was that like how did that how did you go about experience. that yeah we had a different experience so um so one of um, a, an old like classmate of um, Rose's, her so her dad um, is my classmate's dad. Her, yeah, her, her classmate's dad um, is uh, Antoine. Um, uh, he's a music producer. He's been doing it for like years, and he's fantastic. And he has this studio in Long Beach um, called the Compound, and it's like fantastic. It's fantastic space. Really old school really just like this massive space just filled with and it's all like live recorded so you don't you don't go in like little booths and stuff it's all live recorded there's like a grand piano in the corner a drum set over there a big double bass there like all these like guitar pedals just guitars on the walls like, this beautiful beautiful space um and so we got to and, and he gave us this incredible deal writing a nine track album and we got it done in about four days he gave us like an extra day free um, which is crazy, like it was wild. So we, we were we were really really lucky, and um, I mean it was so much fun and so so exciting. 
Um, and I mean, I, I think we both loved it, but unfortunately, Rose's back and head and everything was head, your head. Yeah, I was just getting a lot of headaches through the time, which and bad and bad, bad, bad migraines. Um, and I just on top of everything, just have a like herniated disc, like you know, thing right now. So it was just kind of all at a head around that time, which definitely for me made it. I'm excited about the second album, let's just say, because I can hopefully go into it. Um, actually being able to fully be in it, that was kind of part of the hard part for me. Yeah. It would be like go and record, lie down on the sofa, get a bag of peas and put it on my head, you know, which made it, for me, you know, a bit more stressful than I'd like it to be because it was like, okay, I gotta drive, I gotta get through it. Yeah. And then, I mean, when and I was there, I can't drive. she can't drive, so, um, so just... It definitely brought in an aspect of, of stress into it, but then there were definitely great days and just when we were there and when we were on the mic, there were so many beautiful moments and the space was beautiful, the musicians were beautiful, Antoine was like, so grateful for you know, the space and him. Um, so it was definitely fantastic, but I think for me the writing is what I'll remember more about creating the album because I would do that in moments when I felt like I could and there was definitely a bit of in the in the actual recording where I was like well this is we've got these dates we've got to do them I just need to push through a little bit which made it a little bit harder than um, I had hoped for but I still loved it um, it's still fantastic yeah what is next for you guys um well we're currently uh, trying to find places to live because it's time to move on and move out um, and um, yeah and so we're trying to move in Southern California it's so difficult it's so expensive so that's such a thing um, but and, and also just in terms of music and when and having a space to kind of set up all of our music stuff that that's really important and nowhere we've been able to do that like we haven't been able to do it in New York we've been able to do it in Toronto or here um, just because of just the space I and mean, we're totally grateful for everywhere we've stayed um, but you know so that and then um, and then probably after that just allow us especially Rose just so Rose can have time to really really genuinely heal and to slow down because things have been like go 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 and I think that's really important so after after the, like the trip to Toronto for the wedding um, we probably want to take some time to just mellow out and to really give ourselves a space to like decompress and to you know and then um, but then all through that really get back into like the core of music because I think we lost it a little bit in the in terms of when we were at Sarah Lawrence we would literally be in the music room for like seven hours a day and just be playing music for seven hours a day and I think because there are so many things that we have to do now for music like you know okay like send our stuff out to venues so we can get gigs and then do all this other administrative stuff and then I think it's become like here are the steps and here are the chores and I think both of us hate steps when it comes to art we hate it and so I think it would be really really good for us to get back into a space where we're fully making art because we want to make art and we love it 
and um, and we went and, and, and we love to make art together and I think we fully have to kind of allow ourselves the space to get back into that kind of mind mindset um, and then a second album <laughs> later on and, and so just keep, you know keep writing and creating and, yeah, just to add to that, I think having the way we did the album definitely made me realize, you know, like one, you make, if you're writing or you're doing whatever, you're making art because to you, you need to, like it's something that just comes naturally, but then there's also a, when it comes to all, like what you were saying, the administrative stuff and the, the work behind it, because there is so much work behind trying to perform and put your music out there and everything. I mean, you have to, or, or recording, you have to go into it feeling like you really want to, feeling like it's the right time, feeling healthy and stuff. So I think that's what we've kind of realized recently is that we'd like to take some space, really focus on healing and also kind of regroup as to the direction we're going and, and really just spend a lot of time writing uh, songs and doing music um, in the way we love to do it and then obviously still releasing and we've already been, you know, doing a little bit of work with a, a producer, doing a little bit of recording, just kind of figuring out what our second album might look like, um, yeah. and that'll definitely come soon, and we've got some, some music videos in the works and some projects, but we're definitely kind of slowing down the pace a little bit to kind of figure out the direction that we're really going and finding our individual approach yeah. to music instead of kind of mirroring the steps a lot of people take because we do always want to keep it as it's authentic art um, so yeah. we're finding just kind of finding our way in that now um, I think well gosh you guys seem to know what you're doing very much <laughs> so um, I assume if I'm wrong correct me that you um, are in love no. um, <laughs> yes so um is this the first time you've ever been in love? And if it isn't, or even if it is, can you describe what it's like? Do you want to go first? Yeah, well, for me, yes. Um, everyone else is like background kind of thing, like everyone before. Whereas um, with Rose, um, I just kind of like knew that, like after a while, like it was just kind of like this. I don't know, this just, this kind of, I, don't, I can't explain it, like this just, this utter, like, like, knowing, this knowing that you genuinely love this person, you know, and, and, and it's it, it, like, like this, this kind of, I don't know, this, this knowledge of, um, I just, like, I, to, to quote one of Rosie's favorite humans in the entire world, Robin Tice, her English teacher, um, just knowing that you want to choose this person every single day, but knowing that as soon as you wake up, that's the person you choose. Tomorrow maybe you won't, but then every single day that you know that you choose that person just to go through life with, and, and that's something that I feel with Rose. And, yeah. Um. Well, I have, I have been in love before, and I've been in, in um, a few, you know, very, very long-term serious relationships prior to Maddie. Um, I think this is now my longest relationship, mm -hmm. just about. Um, 
but mm, just about. Yeah, just about. Um, but I would definitely say um, that this this relationship is, um, for lack of a better word, just the healthiest relationship I've been in. Um, and I think a lot of that does have to do with music. I think it brings us together in a way um, where passion and art is kind of at the root of our relationship. And I think that does really drive us forward and bring us together in a, a new way and in a way that lets us communicate with each other through the art we create, um, which is massively helpful. Um, and we give each other the space to be our own people and to be artists together and separate. Um, and you know, I we obviously have a lot to work on. You always do, but um, but I would definitely say, kind of like she was saying, it does feel like it's not a you know in in comparison to some of the relationships I've been in, it's not a it's not a contract. It's not like the day you're like, let's be together. You're my girlfriend. We're committing to this X and X and X and sign here and whatever and like you then are just with them sometimes because you agreed on it instead it's just a, a choice you make yeah. every single day to be with the person and if there are days when you you know don't choose it or if at some point you didn't choose it it's a like just a movement you make and it's just a shift you make to be with the person however you feel that you can be with the person um, and I think we give each other a lot of space to go through it naturally yeah. um, and to see where we're both at and to work with that um, um, and it's definitely I mean it's just been fantastic it's, it's beautiful um, and just has worked out so far really well we've been able to work through and you know be in love and do music and find a space for everything and definitely navigate our way through that in a way that just feels a lot more um, based in communication and art and love mm -hmm. um, and passion and everything but in a way where everything has its space yeah. and, and such. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, okay, so now I have some like some fun questions. Um, I have four. Do you want to just do two for one of you and two for the other? Sure, okay, whatever you like. Okay, yeah. let's do that. Um, okay, so Maddie, I'll start with you. If you could play a concert anywhere in the world, where would it be? A headlining concert. Ooh. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Okay, sorry, I'm thinking. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I think, actually, I think if, if, if we could play um, Carnegie Hall in New York, that would be fantastic. Just do it. I think, yeah, I think Carnegie Hall. Love it. Yeah. Wow, that's such an interesting answer. I would not have pegged that. <laughs> I thought you were going to pull an MS, you know, Madison yeah, Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Rose, if you could collaborate with any artist, who would it be? Ooh. Oh, I have like 10. Okay. Living? Oh, it doesn't have to be. That makes it harder. I'm just going to say living, <laughs> okay, so that okay. makes it harder. Um, 
Well, can I give two answers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. One of them would definitely be Andrea Gibson. She's a spoken word poet, just my favorite poet in the world. Brilliant, incredibly talented. Um, I'd love for us to tour with her someday. I'd love to. She, she brings musicians on tour a lot. Um, but I'd love to collaborate with her to bring, you know, spoken word and music together because I think that's a, a, a widely unexplored thing. It is explored, but to a much lesser extent than just music or just spoken word. Um, and then in relation to music, I mean, right now, kind of more current, I love Hosier and I love his lyrics. I love the way he writes. Um, so, I mean, that'd be fucking fantastic. <laughs> and then no longer living i'm gonna say jeff buckley also lyrically and musically wow. similar kind of just the depth in the yeah, mm, yeah. The, the yeah. kind of grit you know like <laughs> yeah. i could name a lot i'm gonna <laughs> say <laughs> wow that's great if you could change one thing in the world what would it be only one Realistically, like I'm not going to be like no war because like everyone's going to say no war. Um, actually, maybe I would change because um, I I don't eat meat for I haven't had meat for like a year and Rose has never had meat in her entire life um, like since like the womb since like fetus. Um, <clears throat> But I think because because like um, like farming and like um, agriculture is like the biggest contributor to global warming, I think if I could change everyone's kind of view on the meat industry and just eating of it, that I mean I don't I don't care if someone eats meat, I really don't. Cause I ate meat for my entire life, but since doing a bunch of research and stuff, and because like the world is like dying, the world is dying, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I think that is something that that is because then if that is drastically cut down, then that's a massive step. Um, I would wholeheartedly say the education system because I mean I like she was saying one of my favorite people in the world is my English teacher and she just changed my whole life basically. Um, and just did a lot for me emotionally, educationally, academically, everything. Just a, we see her all the time. Fantastic human. Um, and I'd love to go into teaching one day. I, I tutor. That's what I do. I love working with kids. And I think all of the flaws that exist in the education system would change the things that seem unchangeable right now. You know, when it comes to war, when it comes to the political climate, when it comes to the ecosystem, when it comes to basically everything. I think if education was a lot more conscious and a lot more driven, everything as a result would change. So I think for me, it's the smart one. It's um, 100% the way we think about education and what's accessible in education. Um, I was really lucky with the education um, I got. I went to a Waldorf school, which I don't know if you know much about that, but it's um, it's both academic, but it's very driven by art, and it's all the, the philosophy is Rudolf Steiner's philosophy, um, and it's just a, a beautiful approach to education, very conscious, very, um, you don't learn with textbooks the same way, you learn a lot through doing. Um, yeah, like you learn through art and 
and own and your own thinking like yeah, in, in a lot of individual yeah and it's very very small my high school had 50 people total um and it isn't accessible to everyone because it is a private school right now which you know money is is a, a big thing so if the education system i think was just drastically improved that would be my, my one thing my biggest thing well, that's all my questions. Beautiful. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say? Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. This was so great. I'm so sorry my mom called in the middle of this. <laughs> um, all right, I guess that's it. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. One thank you. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed listening to January Grit as much as I enjoyed speaking with them. They've taught me so much just watching them and hearing about their adventures and finding themselves through music and poetry and also the doing of the craft as opposed to the training of it. I'm in school for art and so it's always really interesting for me to hear about different perspectives on the pros and cons of training versus being out in the world and you know getting the training through life experience. So I want to thank January Grit for their time, for sharing it with me. And also you should all check out their album here in Fahrenheit on all streaming services. It's really brilliant and very well produced and it's just gorgeous. It's a really, really beautiful album. This leads me to talk about our new idea at the Scout Archives, this whole revamping your artist idea that we've been talking about. I feel like spring always brings new energy and new life for art. I almost feel like Spring is the start of the new year for artists, as if it's like the January, the new, you know, the turn of the new year. Therefore, I'm really trying in my own work to look at what I've done in the past as an artist and what I want to do and how I've looked at art in the past year, just in general, and make the changes that I need to make in order to expand myself and delve deeper in myself as an artist. And I hope that you will make those changes with me as we go into spring and summer. If you have any questions or thoughts or even just want to throw some artistic ideas around, you all know where to find me. You can email me at thescoutarchives at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, all of that great stuff. <laughs> I'm wishing you all a wonderful Easter and Passover season, and I will speak to you next month. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys.